Now, um, there was a story. We just talked about it. KVOA Channel 4 had it. Apparently, uh, a comment on a Facebook page. A comment on a Facebook page on Sheriff Mark Napier's Facebook page caused a news story to happen because, well, a retired law enforcement agent, a retired uh, Arizona Department of Public Safety detective, Richard Pittman, uh, was... Well, commented on Sheriff Napier's Facebook page about finally getting the funding for Operation Stone Garden from the Board of Supervisors. And he said, well done, Mark. Too bad you had to waste your time with the stupid board. That was because there are two Mexican board members. Maybe we can now change that with the next election. So, of course, that could be taken as, uh, you know, racist, misconstrued, all that other stuff. That caused a news story. And that's fine. But then I was wondering, let's play one more time if people didn't hear it. Ryan, can you play the... Uh, the supervisor, Dick Elias, soundbites. He said this in back-to-back Pima County supervisors meetings, uh, implying that Border Patrol, well, they're a bunch of racists that only want to uh, pull over uh, Mexicans. Here we go. We understand that it's important uh, to share those dollars and to make sure that the roads that we all drive on, because believe it or not, when I bring my passport with me, I can go past River Road and drive on Thornydale and Iham and not be fearful of getting stopped by the Border Patrol, but rather, <laughs> I have a little better roads to be able to drive on that. And he also said this. I was just going to say that I was up there uh, in District 1 this weekend, and, and yeah, I, I, I took my passport with yeah. me just in case. You know, just <laughs> never know what's going to happen. That was a visa, not a passport. <laughs> ah, there's a lot of those Border Patrol guys running around, oh, okay. so I was careful. Wow. And then to follow that, I'll play 120 real quick. Ramon Valadez uh, of the Pima County Supervisory Board told KVOA this. In a day like today that we still are trying to judge people by the color of the skin is incredibly distressing. That's what Dick Elias did, right? So to talk about this, because I'm like, what's going on? Uh, I'm wondering if Sheriff Napier said anything to the media that wasn't on the story about uh, Supervisor Elias's comments, which I believe... If you want to say that that guy's comments are racist, fine. But then so are Dick Elias's, right? Sheriff Napier is good enough to call in. Hey, Sheriff, how are you doing this morning? Good morning, Garrett. How are you? Okay, so uh, what's your reaction? Do you think it's um, biased that the media would do a story about the comment that that man made on your Facebook page, but remain silent about what Supervisor Elias had to say? Well, I was surprised that the one comment on a Facebook page uh directed so much interest. It must have been a slow news day is all I could figure because um, there's a lot of comments in social media that are off-color and and inappropriate that don't generate news stories. So I was surprised by that. I guess where I come down on this is I believe that um, prejudice, uh, bias, and stereotyping is wrong universally, no matter how it manifests itself. And I detest it in all instances, even when it's directed against law enforcement. It's still wrong. We would not tolerate statements about um, other groups, like we do law enforcement, that all law enforcement is X and all law enforcement is Y, and everybody knows law enforcement is A, well, we wouldn't tolerate that about any other group, and rightly so. And I think it's wrong when it's manifested against law enforcement as well. Uh, but people are free to, to speak their minds, and I'm willing to embrace other people's points of view, but I do not uh, embrace the idea of racism, uh, stereotyping, and, and bias and prejudice, however it manifests itself. So do you want to take this time to condemn what Supervisor Elias said at uh, two supervisors' meetings that we just played? 
I, I think it's a, it's an unfortunate statement, and Richard's certainly entitled to his view. I do not believe, and I've been in law enforcement, as you know, for a very long time, uh, Garrett. I, I do not believe that a law enforcement officer who racist and biased and stereotyping and racial profiling and all of those things. I just don't believe that occurs. I've not led a sheltered life. I've not seen it. I do not believe that our partners in Border Patrol are, are acting out in that way either. Uh, so I think those are unfortunate comments. Um, okay, so uh, now you also have the um, the Operation Stone Garden situation. And one of the caveats, apparently, to Ramon Valdez flipping his vote to a yes so you can get the $1.4 million to help try to keep the community safe by paying for uh, well, whatever you know, uh, programs that you, that you need, right? That you think that we need. So one of the caveats mm-hmm. is that he, apparently, I guess they believe, or he believes there's a racial profiling problem and he wants to have a committee to examine racial profiling. Is there a racial profiling problem at, at the sheriff's department? Absolutely not. I don't believe that for a single minute. I don't think that uh, our deputies engage in that behavior. A lot of concerns were brought up at the board of supervisors meeting. And I think uh, supervisor Valadez was responding to those. Um, and that became a condition of the acceptance of the grant that we agreed to this commission or committee, whatever it's going to be called. And I have no trepidation about that because I have some of the best deputies in the United States. I'm, I'm absolutely supremely confident in these people. And the commission or committee, whatever it becomes, can only yield what I already know is that this is a false issue. It's not happening. But uh, failing to agree to that condition would have meant this county was less safe because the grant would have gone down in flames. We would have lost $1.4 billion. It would have diminished my capacity to put additional resources in the rural areas of our county and along the border to interdict drug traffickers, human traffickers, and, and other transnational threats coming through our border. Um, so if that's a condition of the grant, um, I think that's fine. It'll only uncover that which I already know, that I have some of the best deputies in the world. But, you know, it does um, it does lead to people to think that there's a problem. Because he asked for a new, it says in the local paper, he asked for a creation of a new committee to look at the issue of racial profiling. Now, people are going to look at that and say, well, they wouldn't have created that or he wouldn't have asked for that if there wasn't a problem. So he's implying that your deputies racially profile. And I took that as, because I've never heard of a problem like that, and you just said there is no problem. So to me, they're implying that your deputies are racist. And, you know, I was waiting for you to stand up for your deputies. You just said they're the best in the country, and that's great. But did you say anything to them? Why, why didn't you say, why would you imply that when it doesn't happen? Why are you trying to say that my, my deputies, my men and women are racist? I absolutely did at the end of the meeting. But, Garrett, if I had drawn a line in the sand on that committee... Uh, that condition to the grant, what would have happened is the grant would have been voted down. And I've got to give Supervisor Valadez credit because he's the one who offered the reconsideration of this under great political pressure to him. He did not have to do that. And he attached a few conditions to the acceptance of the grant so it could go through, so that the political opposition would have less ground to uh, try to dispute the grant. So I, I really think, and I've got to give credit to Supervisor Valadez for reconsidering it, finding conditions under which we could approve the grant and move forward. I, I, again, I don't fear this commission or committee at all because it's only going to uncover what I already know. And I did speak out very passionately at the end of the meeting against this concept and rejected it wholeheartedly that I have a problem, that my de- deputies are acting out in unconstitutional uh, ways with racial bias and racial profiling. That's just simply not happening. And that's not the purpose of this grant. The purpose of the grant is to keep Pima County safer. No, no I got you. It, it, we don't have yeah. a it just stinks that you had to, you know, you, you know, you couldn't fight it. And so they got their way. 
You know, they, they, you know, and we all know, let's be adults here. You know it. I know it. Valadez had to try to save some kind of face because he has to look like he's sticking up for illegal aliens because uh, he believes illegal aliens are Hispanic. Not every Hispanic's an illegal alien, but he believes that. And he had to look like he was still standing up for uh, the people that he believes um, support him. So he had to say that to cover his own track uh, to make sure he wasn't just uh, giving you this grant because they think if you give you the grant, they, that, that he agrees with Trump. I mean, that's what it comes down to, right? Well, no, I, I disagree with you, Garrett, because he had no reason to reconsider the grant. The grant was voted down on uh, February the 6th. It was Supervisor Valadez that made a motion for reconsideration. He didn't have to do that. Uh, there was no reason that he had to do that. He could have just remained silent. And this would have blown over in a couple of weeks, and it would have been done. Uh, but I think he showed great political courage in asking that it be reconsidered and in trying to find a pathway forward so that this county did not lose out on $1.4 million in federal grant to try to keep our county safer. So uh, I know that there's some tenuous conditions attached to our acceptance of the grant, but I applaud him for having the courage to ask that it be reconsidered. And then in the face of a lot of political opposition, he changed his vote. And uh, he did the right thing. He really did. And um, I'm not a spokesperson. I do have a good working relationship with all members of the Board of Supervisors, as the public would expect that I should have. Uh, but I, I'm, I applaud him for what he did because it allowed a path forward for us to get that grant money. I got you. And by the way, Sheriff Napier, Sheriff Mark Napier, Pima County Sheriff, is on KNST AM790. Um, I don't know the man, and you don't know the man that commented on your Facebook page, but there seems to be a double standard. Um, a double standard because guys like Elias, an elected official, can make the comments that Border Patrol's racist, blah, blah, blah. It's obvious that he is extremely sympathetic toward illegal aliens. Uh, he doesn't want a border wall. He wants open borders. Uh, he, This is just what he wants. So he can make any kind of comment that he wants uh, that is against Trump, thinks he's doing things to stand up against Trump, against the border wall, to keep things wide open. So Americans get frustrated. And they say, this is ridiculous. Instead of standing up for America and the rule of law, you have a guy that looks like he's standing up for illegal aliens, maybe even Mexicans or Guatemalans or wherever they come from. Do you understand where maybe that guy that made the comment could reach that? Well, I can understand that. I don't agree with it at all. Um, I try to stay on the high road. You don't think that Supervisor Elias, with the comments that he says and the actions that he takes and you know, hating, you know, we know that he doesn't like Trump and they do, they do, they vote on resolutions against the wall and everything else. You don't think that he uh, has a sympathetic, um, he's sympathetic toward illegal aliens? That would be a, a, a question best asked by Supervisor Elias, and he can respond to that. I think some of the comments he made, I certainly don't agree with, uh, but I support his right to make those comments. And if the media wants to take him yeah. to task on that, that's their, their role. I got you. I, I, I know you got to work with him. I get it. I just know that people are frustrated because it seems like, uh, you know, you can say anything you want about uh, President Trump. You can say anything you want. It, it's terrible that ICE does this, Border Patrol do that. Nothing ever happens. And then one person I, says I, one I, thing. I and then, you know, it, I share your concern about uh, discourse in this country. We've become such a divisive country, and, and, and all our rhetoric is so supercharged with emotion and and innuendo now, um, I just try to stay above that fray the best I can. And I, my goal is simply represent the people of this county as best I can as a sheriff. And, and that means having a good relationship with the board and, and moving things forward, just like we did with the Stone Garden grant. Um, I got you. I just feel bad. I mean, it just stinks. It's like you have to sit there and, you know, you say you, 
you, uh, you, you, you stood up for your deputies and said there is no racial profiling, this is crazy, but you still had to, in order to get the grant to keep the county safe, they had to come up with this BS committee to look into racial profiling because they wanted to make sure that uh, they think that they can keep their constituents that put them into office happy. And that's just, that's what sucks. That sucks. It should be Americans. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, Hispanic, this, that, whatever. It's American. And, and they're the ones that divide. And, and we sit back and go, what the hell's going on? That, that's all. Well, I think the committee will, or commission, whatever it turns out to be, it's only going to uncover that which I already know, and that'll give it more credibility. I could say it till I'm blue in the face, but when this group looks at it and finds no credible evidence other than anecdotal um, stuff that people say, um, finds no credible evidence and my deputies are acting in an unconstitutional way, which they're not, that adds credibility to it. So I think it's, it'll eventually be more of a positive than a negative, and the main thing is it drove forward our county's ability to get $1.4 million in federal grant money to try to keep our county safer. Any idea who's going to be on that committee? Uh, each, uh, The way I understand it, each supervisor will be able to appoint two uh, representatives. So uh, Supervisor Christie and Supervisor Miller will also have two representatives on the committee. Um, and that's still got to be ironed out, you know, what it's called and how it operates. But I welcome it uh, because, I, again, I think they're going to find out what I know is how incredibly proud I am of the people that work for that department and the good work they do every day. Do you have any idea if it's going to cost taxpayers money to pay for this committee? Uh, I doubt it. I think these will be volunteers. Okay. I mean, there will be meetings and stuff, but I don't think there will be any direct cost to the taxpayers as a result of doing this. And, and again, I think it's, it's probably more positive than negative, and um, it helped us secure um, much-needed money to help us on the border areas and the rural areas of Pima County to make sure we're interdicting the bad people that are coming across there. Just, just, and you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but do you think that Supervisor Elias, based on the comments that you heard him say, that he owes Border Patrol agents an apology? I'll, I'll let Supervisor Elias's conscience guide his actions on that. Okay. Uh, last one, since we, uh, we have you real quick, uh, obviously with the shooting Lots of uh, lots of talk of what can be done uh, to protect kids at schools. Um, what would you, you know, what do you think? You're a law enforcement guy. You're a sheriff. What do you think needs to happen to make sure that there will not be a school shooter again? Well, um, as, as painful as it is for me to say, I don't know that there's anything that we can do that will prevent it for, in all instances. I don't think anything will prevent people from acting out in that way 100% of the time. But we've got to have some really thoughtful discussions in this country about how to uh, better um, harden our schools to prevent this. We know we have a great vulnerability in our educational settings to this type of uh, person. I I am really distressed that we had a law enforcement officer there who did not act as he should have. Um, I told my wife 36 years ago when we uh, started dating, I said, there are things worth dying for. And I don't want to, but they are. And that comes with his territory, and it's unfortunate that he uh, chose for whatever reason not to act. I think we do have to have a, a multifaceted discussion about this, about you know who's armed on campuses and, and on what training they have, and uh, better police presence. On um, We have SROs in our schools in the county. I think that's a great step forward. Maybe how to environmentally harden schools to make it less easy for people to come into schools and, mm-hmm. and do these bad acts. Because some of these campuses are wide open, yeah, and it just lends itself to bad people coming onto campus and doing things. What about? I mean, I, uh, I, I don't know if you heard the story I did a few days ago. Mm-hmm. I all kind of, I highlighted in, in there's 18 states that let teachers carry concealed, well, 17 concealed, one open. 
Um, and there was a story, 40 school districts in Ohio let teachers carry. They go through intensive training. I mean, more they, they get trained more than police officers get trained. Um, if the teachers were to go through these, you know, extreme intense training, would you support if a teacher wanted to uh, carry a firearm? Would you support their, them doing that? I'd have to know a lot more about the training. Um, intense training is one thing. Uh, doing it every day like a law enforcement officer does is another thing. Um, being in armed conflict, um, Garrett, is a, uh, a very scary, very stressful thing. Oh, yeah. Um, it's easy to talk about, uh, but as somebody who's been up close on that, it's, it's really hard uh, to do what you imagine you might do when it really happens. Picture me on and, this, though, real quick. I mean, what if, I mean, because my kid's going to go to kindergarten. What if there's a shooter walking the campus? They hear the bullets. The teacher goes, tries to lock the door, puts the kids in the closet or behind these, turn tables over. Wouldn't it be better if that teacher was like, I want to be able to protect the kids. God forbid this ever happens. Most likely it would never will. But wouldn't it be better if the teacher would have a firearm and put all the kids in the corner and the teacher literally um, stands behind a desk or a table and has her gun trained on the door? If that shooter comes through, she can at least, you know, empty her, empty, empty the firearm. And have a chance versus sitting there as a, as a just a uh, a sitting duck. I think we need to have some thoughtful discussions about what that would look like, how the training was done. There's liability issues. Would the would the school district absorb liability if you know in our conflict if you have uh, peripheral collateral damage, you hit somebody you don't intend to hit. There there are a lot of issues here. The ongoing training, who pays for the training, what the nature of the training is. I mean, there are a lot of issues here. It's, it's, it's real simple to say just arm the teachers, but I try to take a more thoughtful approach as a law enforcement professional. There's a lot of peripheral things that we would need to talk through, mm-hmm. but I can imagine a situation where we could answer those questions to the satisfaction of the majority of people and say, okay, based on all of these things, maybe this is where we need to be. And it's a sad commentary on this yeah, society, yeah. Garrett, that we cannot send our children, my God, we cannot send our children to school without worrying about them being butchered on campus and lost in this entire dialogue, once again, which distresses the hell out of me, to be honest with you, is there were 17 kids that lost their life. And we talked about that for a day. Yep. And now we're back diverted away from the victims of this and those poor parents who are still grieving, brothers and sisters who are grieving. Well, that's all now on the back table. We're talking about guns again. We're talking about a bunch of things, but we've lost focus once again. On the on the real victims. Well, and I think and the I focus think needs to be on. on know yeah, that, lo- you local. know what? The, the news cycle will turn away from me and back to other things very quickly. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, you know it also needs to be known that gun control is not needed. All the signs were there. The sheriff's department was warned. The FBI was warned. All the proper authorities were warned, and they didn't do anything. They could have stopped them. Yeah, I don't think gun control is the, the answer. I know that'll make a lot of people mad, but guns are not the issue. Uh, guns cannot do anything um, by themselves, and I know that distresses a lot of people, but um, yeah, that's not the problem. And, and our, our discourse is misdirected when we stop focusing on the actions of the perpetrator and how to intervene in that path of the actions of the perpetrator and focus instead on the only inanimate object present, and that's the firearm. Yeah. firearm had no capacity to do anything. We need to focus on where did the system break down, what safeguards could we put in that system, to better um, interdict these people before they act out. And um, we need to be thoughtful in that discussion rather than get distracted, uh, as we commonly do every time, uh, toward um, guns. If you think the perpetrators of these crimes don't know 
that they're not going to be vilified nearly as much as the inanimate objects, which is the firearm. Uh, I think well, that's just mistaken. These people have mental health issues, and they think, you know what? Um, they're not going to vilify me. They're going to vilify the weapon I use. Yeah. Sheriff Napier, thank you for the time this morning being, and being a stand-up guy. Not many people like to come on the show and answer questions, and I really do appreciate it. Every elected official should. you got to have the courage to stand up for what you believe in and, and, and say it. Even when you and I disagree, we are able to do it in a thoughtful way. Exactly. Thank you, Sheriff. Have a great weekend. All right. Thanks, my friend. Take care. 829 will continue on KNST.